0: What's up, Bulls fans? It's uh, it's our final episode of Bulls One Hundred and One. I couldn't be more excited to welcome my co-host, Mr. Larry Golden, newly minted SIS Hoops analyst. Congratulations, my friend, on a just a just a wonderful hire for for SIS Hoops. Honestly. And no one more deserving. And I know I've told you that in person a thousand times already. <laughs> but <laughs> congratulations to you, man. And um, we're so excited to celebrate our one-year anniversary of this show. Yeah. I cannot believe all that we've been able to accomplish in one year. We got you a job in basketball like I'd hoped that we could. Um, and I'm just excited to be here and excited to to have last one last hurrah with you. So how are you doing tonight? How, how the Chicago weather is doing right now?
1: Um, first off the Chicago weather is really crazy right now. Um, at least on my end, um, 70 per hour mile winds. uh, And it's crazy. (laughs) Um, so if power goes out, you guys have a heads up, you understand what's going on. Um, but dude, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, you know, because like, you know, uh, you know, we just started out on discord, man, you know, me and you, and a bunch of other guys, and um, and Bulls HQ's Discord, and uh, I, I remember, man, I you know, I, I just it's like, man, would you be down to start a podcast? And you know, he's like, yeah. And then we, you know, um, it, 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 it's crazy. I'm man. easy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's it's crazy, man, because like we we like our coming into this. It wasn't like you know we were looking to get basketball jobs or anything like that. It was literally like, dude, like, you know, we want to, let's educate people on why, what Wendell Carter Jr. is doing and why we shouldn't give him so much of the blame, you know, like he, he's doing his job. It's actually not his fault that guys are getting these open looks or, you know, things like that. So, you know, really we started because of drop coverage, you know, <laughs> if, if, if like, So it's, it's, it's unreal. Um, and, and dude, it's, it's, this year has been like, it's been crazy, man, especially working with you, man. Like I really, truly feel like you are my brother, you know, and I can uh, talk to you about everything, anything, basketball as well. So it's like, I don't know, man, this is, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet.
0: It is. Um, I can't think of a better reason for us to end the show than you getting hired into basketball. Though I, I think that's that's pretty, you know, chef's kiss. But it, it's true. A lot of it, a lot of it, had to do with I think some of the general discourse around what was going on with the basketball team, and for a person like you who knows X's knows so well, I just thought, what a great opportunity for us to do something that's not really hasn't really been done before in this medium, uh, being able to break down film live. And, you know, break down, just, just talk about basketball in a different way. And I, I think kind of a, a more nuanced way than this, you'll generally hear on a lot of podcasts or on sports radio or, you know, a lot of the shows, pre and post game shows, and all that stuff that, that goes on in, in Chicagoland. So I think we did something unique and I, I think people appreciated it. I, I hope they did. I know I learned so much as we tried to impart some of that knowledge to our listeners and viewers and interact with everybody. But um, it's, it's just wonderful to, to be here um, and appreciate all the, all the great work that you've done obviously and uh, your family yeah. and you always be family to me. So yes, sir. Um, Aldo's here. You got to thank Aldo, by the yeah.
1: way. Yeah.
0: Uh, Aldo Gandia. So he, he reached out to us after we decided to start a podcast. We were just going to, I had already come up with like some some intro music, <laughs> and we were just gonna do it through Anchor, and then Aldo reached out. Um, just beautiful timing and a great opportunity to host us on his platform, the Barroom Network. So shout out to Aldo and the Barroom Network for hosting us. They they've been wonderful. They've got great coverage, and they provide a medium for basketball discussion that's that's unique in this sphere. So. Uh, Appreciate you, Aldo, and teaching us how to use Streamyard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's been it's been great. Um, So I wanted I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about what you'll be doing uh, with SIS Hoops, and I know you may still be on the Barroom Network in a different capacity as well. So tell tell the
1: people uh, what you're going to be doing. Um. So it's it's kind of funny because you know. one of the things, if not the most fun thing for me outside of coaching and basketball is film, watching film um, and, um, you know, picking up on tendencies of different teams, you know, play recognition, um, things like that. Like, that's what I love to do. I, I love, you know, doing that stuff. But um, I, you know, SIS Sports Info Solutions um they reached out to me i applied they re- you know had me do a uh, you know a couple of assessments um i also had to do uh another kind of like i guess you can call it another assessment but um and i guess i did really well i had a couple interviews and i ended up getting hired to be a video scout for uh for sis sis and um it's it's something that you know i didn't expect to come um i didn't like again we started this thing you know to to be able to talk ball and you know give a different flavor to to Bulls Nation um the people that love the Bulls they love to want to learn more just like we want to learn more um and uh man it, it's crazy going from the beginning of this to now being able to say that I have a job in basketball <laughs> it's great it's unreal like every time I think about it it's 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 just crazy but uh I mean the job's not done um the this is just a first step for me man I, i'm i'm just happy that i was able to get my foot in the door and now it's time for me to kind of just kill this opportunity and see where it takes me um but as for still being on the barroom, um anybody that knows me you know i i love my bears i love my white socks you know uh so i i i am gonna be on here talking all those other sports like that that's what i love i love i love my white socks and i love the chicago bears um so whenever whenever I have time, um, I, and, and Aldo and the rest of the guys have have room for me, I will love to be on any of those shows, be able to kind of get things off my chest, and and be able to talk some some other sports.
0: Well, that's awesome. I, I know you will kill the opportunity. You'll, you'll um, you're a great basketball mind, obviously, and, and an even better person as we've gotten to know you, as I've gotten to know you personally, and and on the show, I know a lot of our listeners would, would echo my comments. So, and I can only go so long for praise and, and (laughs) the bittersweetness of, of the show ending. So let's do what we've always done. Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls because they've, they've had a rough week this week. Yeah, (laughs) They're on a, a four game losing streak. Um, What have you seen? Let's talk about, I know we talked about Tristan Thompson and his Mm addition. What have you seen from Tristan Thompson since his arrival both good and bad and, and do you think he can be ultimately a positive have a positive effect on this team going into the playoffs
1: i think so let me go to the, I, I'm, I'm glad actually that you that you brought him up i remember i just like you as well like um and probably everybody else that's in the show right now they're in the uh the comments and people that are going to be listening you know i love listening to the post game um whether it's the players or li- I always try to listen to Billy because he's just, you know, I just like listening to what he's thinking, and, you know, in terms of his rotations and, you know, certain plays, whatever. But Tristan Thompson, uh, I believe it was after the first game. Um, what would it be? Uh, the, the, what was that? I can't remember the game that he had. They had their first minutes together. Um, it wasn't when he started last. I can't remember, but um, yeah. So, He's in the game. I, I kind of liked the way it looked at, at first, Um, but I think it, it, you know when I saw those those minutes, and then I listened to him in the presser. He has said, you know, I th- I believe the question was kind of you know, do you think you and Vooch can work together and become you know a good unit together, you know? And he basically said, um, yeah, yeah, I did it with Kevin Love, and him and, and Kevin Love and Vooch are kind of the same type of player. I you know, and I did it at a high level. You know, then he, you know, kind of, I, you know, I won a Larry O'Brien Trophy doing this this role. I think, I think I could do the same thing. And he said, I, I'm switchable. I could play one through five. And when he said that, I was with him with everything else he was saying, you know. But when he said that, I think I'm still that guy that can switch one through five. I just don't believe that anymore. I, I when I watch Tristan Thompson, now I don't see a guy that I trust that can st- stay in front of a guard just, to, just enough to kill an advantage i don't i don't i don't think that's the guy and then on top of that if you're going to play vooch and tristan today i'm I'm sorry together um now you're kind of what you can't have tristan on the out on the perimeter nobody's going to respect him out there uh you can't put it i mean you can put him in the dunker spot but i mean that's kind of still clogging and and getting getting in the way of what you want to do so ultimately that kind of pushes vooch out because then he's more of a spacer and teams can't leave him open, but you're kind of taken away from what Vooch is good at. And shout out to uh, Mark K, Mark Karanzoles. Like he came out with a great article, um, believe yesterday. Um, and it just did a really good job of illustrating, you know, what are, what some of the concerns are with the Vooch and Tristan uh, pairing in terms of, you know, basically that kind of pushes Vooch to power forward and him more of a, 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 a spacer and rather than, ha- being able to use him as a hub. Now you're having to run pick and roll and Tristan be the roller and have vooch spacing. And that's kind of like not getting the best out of the lineup, you know? Um, So that's where I'm at with it. Um I just, and there's a small part of me. There's a very small part of me that says, I'm, I want to see it a couple more times. And I know people are like, no, we've seen enough. Like, I don't want to see it, but I kind of want to see it again because this is a guy that was just picked up. You still need to learn, you know, everybody still needs to learn how to play with Tristan. Tristan's got to learn how to play with Vooch. So I would like to see it, but if it just doesn't have any, um, doesn't look as improving, I think you kind of just got to move him back to the bench and just play him that way. Like you, like he was when he first got here.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the main draws of Tristan Thompson was at that backup center or being able to guard kind of big forwards because he he does have fairly good movement. Uh, on the defensive end from what I thought he would be. I mean, he is 30. For some reason, like, I think if Tristan Thompson has been in the league so long, that I think he's like 35. 30. You know, yeah. he's like a late veteran, but he's he's still 30. Um, the, the Tristan Thompson starting next to Vooch kind of reminds me of last year when we had Tice mm. starting yeah. next to Vooch. And even though it could work in stretches, that was in part because Tice had such good mobility. Yes. And he, he's a good rim protector. Um, but as you mentioned, you mentioned the kind of the problems on the offensive end as to where Vooch is getting the ball and what his role on the offensive end is going to be. And also, you know, I think one of the draws, as I mentioned, one of the draws of Tristan is as a backup five. And if you start him next to Vooch, then you, you know, you got to stagger those minutes somehow, or, or, or find someone else to be a backup five and, you know, and Tony Bradley and, Tyler Cook and and those guys can kind of step in for a few minutes, but Tristan Thompson is really, I think, well suited at the five, uh, as a backup five more than anything else. So I'm not loving it. I don't really agree with it. Um, but Billy says what you said. He wants to see it a little bit more. He wants to try it out. And Billy is a guy who's going to try out a bunch of different things. And he's going to yep. use the regular season. To experiment, which is good, I think ultimately that's a good thing. Uh, I just think in this particular stretch against lots of quality teams, and with Lawns and Crusoe still out, it you know hasn't resulted in wins. And yeah. you now, ulti- you know, that's the tough part. I think that's what's tough about this uh, this little stretch of you know six to eight weeks here with Lawns and Crusoe. I think we've faced all of the top teams in the East and the West multiple times, mm-hmm. and we've done it severely shorthanded and I know I don't want to sound like I'm giving an excuse because you know and we were talking the other day on Twitter about it in DMs but you know the the Bulls should win one of these games they haven't beaten anybody since like mid-December they haven't beaten anybody really good since mid-December and even the bad teams get lucky right like even in Orlando Detroit Oklahoma City yeah, they're gonna catch one of these teams on an off night and win. And we have gone like over on yeah. every single one. And I know a lot of them have been competitive, so yeah. you know. Uh, but our team's completely different without Lons and Crusoe, just completely different team, our completely different strengths. This team without those two guys is exactly the type of team that a lot of analysts thought they would be when they talked about them in the off season, a very good offensive team and a pretty bad defensive team. And that's what they've shown to be without their two all defensive candidates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think I'm, you know, you know me, I'm still, uh, I know we have a four game losing streak. I I know, but I mean myself, I'm not, I'm not panicking because one, I just don't think, uh I think Billy alluded to it. He said, "Well, he didn't allude to it. He said it." Um, I, I can't remember again what which game it was. I'm blanking, but he said in the press conference um, that this team isn't battle tested. You know, you could, you, you know, they, 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 and you can watch them at the end of the game, right? The whole first three quarters, they're flowing, they're moving the ball. Maybe Demar's hitting some shots, and then when the game gets kind of close in the end, it's almost like they they don't know the go to play the go-to action. They don't know who, you know, the only thing that they really they really trust right now is getting the ball to DeMar and getting the hell out of the way. And it's like, when you play these great teams, that's not going to work. Like, no matter how good DeMar has been, um, when you play a, a Bucks team, um, you know, you're going to play a Nets team. You're going to, especially the Miami Heat that can switch everything. Just throwing the ball to DeMar and, and allowing him to just go on, that's not going to work. So they just they still need to build some continuity together. And that sounds weird because they've been playing almost close to a full season. But, you know, just because they got off to a fast start doesn't mean that they don't still have to grow. And I think you're starting to see that at the end of games. They still have to figure out, okay, what's our go to play? What's our go to action? Um, You know, who's the weak link on the floor in terms of the opponent's defenders? All right. How about you know, they just don't uh, they just don't have that. Um, and I, it's gonna take some time. I know that people are like, dude, what are you talking about? Take some time. We're gonna be, we're gonna drop till the you know, playing, whatever. Nah, nah. But like, th- this is what happens. You know, you got Zach that goes in, that's been in and out of the lineup, right? And that messes up his rhythm, and now he's not playing 100%. You know, you got in, and, and much as I love Vooch, Vooch has been up and down in terms of his shooting, right? And you, know, you can't really depend on anybody else to be consistent, and no matter. No matter how well Io has played, he's still a rookie. He shouldn't have to be playing as many minutes as he's been playing. Like, you know, I love Io. But again, like you don't want to have to depend on him for the amount of minutes that he's being dependent on playing right now. Like this is this is helping him grow as a player. But when when you're when you're going to be able to have Zoe, Caruso, and and I know Pat Will, he's going to come back, but hopefully they ease him back in. But being able to have like a a, a six, eight, six, nine, four would you know, that can play outside, inside, defensively can play outside, inside, like, and theoretically, um, like that's going to help you. Um, so it, right now they just have to continue to win the games they should win. And yes, you can look at that, that Bucks game, say they should have won that game, but they still need to grow and they still need to figure out these different things they have to do at the end of the game. That, that's just my point of view right now, at least.
0: No, hundred percent. And I, I think, you know, earlier in the year when they were, crushing the league to be honest i mean they're crushing everybody early in the league or early in the year and they were you know top five offense top five defense at one, at one point like for stretches they were just an elite team on both ends of the floor yeah and i know you and i had talked about it in in terms of the trade deadline like should they go all in this year should they yeah. you know should they push the pieces in and then we had the unfortunate injuries and and i'm starting to think these continuity things really matter, and getting battle tested is going to matter. Yeah, and this team's going to be together next year. This same team. If Zach resigns, we'll have all of the guys minus Troy Brown and Derek Jones and um, some other pieces. But like the core of this group, Lonzo Cruz, like starting five, right? Alonzo, Zach, Demar, Patrick, and Vooch, they're going to be here. Alex, Kobe. Uh, IO, they're all going to be here. Like we, you know, that's that's your core squad. And you, if you can add someone uh, in the off season with you know the mid level exception or some piece of it, depending yeah. on where we are the tax line, and can resign Zach. You know, the, I, I say this every year. I feel like, but the Bulls can't possibly be as injured next year as they are this year, can they? Like knock uh-huh. on wood, man. But it's crazy what they've gone through this year. I mean, we've had two freak accidents that have ended in wrist. Wrist being broken mm-hmm. um, for two of our most important players. And you know, Lonzo uh has has knee issues, right? he had to get knee surgery for his meniscus. And then Zach has had knee issues for most of the year and broke his his thumb for yeah. like the first month and a half, he was playing on with like one and a half hands. So yeah. And then COVID, right? our whole our entire team, coaches, coaching staff, and broadcasters all got COVID. Like yeah. it's crazy what they've gone through this year. So for them to be in competition for home court in the East. If you had told me at the beginning of the year, I would be pretty impressed. Yeah. Obviously given all the context, it is a little disappointing with their, what their record has been more recently against some of the, the league's top talent, but I think they can compete with them. And I think next year, uh, you know, if we can get some really good playoff experiences here, go around or two in the playoffs. Um, I think next year we can we can build on that and have that continuity and a little bit better health going into the season. But yeah. is that too optimistic of me to think, or do you think that's fair?
1: No, I think that's fair. Um, and I think also too to go along with what you're, what you're saying, um, you see it on Twitter, right? You see it on Twitter all the time. Um, people saying like, you know, hey guys, we can't be too worried. We can't be too da 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 because. Uh, we don't have Caruso and we don't have Lonzo. And now people are starting to say, you know what? I'm tired of hearing that. They should win games even without AC. And and I think people have to understand just how good those two players were. This is not just adding, it's not adding, you know, no disrespect, but it's just not adding Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadaransky back. You know, that that's that's not that's not that. You're adding two all NBA defensive players. You know, I was Caruso is you know, both of them could have been in the running for defensive player of the year if they were there, if they were, you know, uh, healthy for the whole season. And they may not have won because, you know, that's usually to the, you know, the big boys. But um, it's it's like, I think people, you have to understand this, right? We can, Alex Caruso, I, I don't give a damn what anybody says. To me, after watching games, I truly believe he's the best point of attack defender in the game. In the game, I, I truly believe that. And when you lose that, like, that's that's very huge, right? And and I think people won't see that. They won't understand that until when he gets back and they start to see teams, get you know, go back, you know, whoever's listening, go back and see what Monte Morris went through in Denver when he had to go against Alex Caruso. You know, Steph Curry. Yeah, in that game, we had a tough time. But Steph Curry was having trouble handling the ball and, and coming off and, and trying to attack Alex Caruso. And then you go to Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball was what is the average? Four or five rebounds a game or something like that. You take those rebounds away, right? That's somebody that's another guard that crashes the glass to, to start a break, right? So it's like, you know, it's tough, man, because you look at you talk about the rebounding and everybody wants to talk about Vooch and, and, and Tristan Thompson. But how about you go back and you watch these games? Go look at the three guards. What are they doing? Are, are they boxing out? Are they at least getting their body in front of the uh, front of a player, or are they just turning around and saying "vooch, go get it"? And most of the time, if you look, you got Zach who's just streaking down the court instead of making sure his man doesn't get the ball, right? And now his man is the one getting the rebound. The other night, I'm watching the game. Demar Derozan's guy takes a jump shot. He 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 just turns and looks to see if it goes in. That guy goes around, gets the offensive rebound, and get puts it right back up. So it's like, yes, I, you know, people are like, oh, you know, Vooch should be able to get that. Tristan should be able to get that. But when you play teams that shoot the three a lot, Tristan has said it. Vooch has said it. Billy has said it. Anybody that's played basketball should know it. When you shoot the three, long shots mean long rebounds. So, like, that means guards have to box out at least enough to keep guys away from the free throw line so the bigs can try to fight for it. But if you're not going to turn and, and hit somebody and make sure they can't get ahead of steam to go get the rebound, then yeah, it's going to be a problem. I guarantee you that's on the scouting report. When you come into the game, guys, let's get as many threes as we can up. Oh, perfect example the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, huge part of their offense is offensive rebounds. Huge part of their offense. They're not a great, outside of Desmond Bain. I mean, who else are you worried about shooting the three? Right. But the problem is they attack the offensive glass they get extra possessions. So I I I, I promise you cuz I know I would have it on this kind report. When we step in the, when we step in after that game and we come in from from you know the flight and we go to the film room, we have a packet attack the glass. The guards don't box out. Attack the glass. If you ain't attacking the glass, you are coming out and that's what teams are going to continue to do, especially if they shoot the three. If they're going to chuck a lot of threes, that's going to be in the scouting report. That these get these these guards out here ain't boxing out. So just get everybody just crash the glass, and we'll, we'll probably have a good chance of getting it. And that's where you also miss Alonzo because Alonzo will go attack the glass and make, go help get a rebound, um, and start the break. And then that that's what we miss too. Those 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 um, those. Man, those like electric plays that get the the crowd into it, that gets the, the the guys on the bench into it, the guys that are on the floor into it. Lonzo throwing dime balls down the floor to, for a dunk or a layup. Like, you miss those plays. Basketball, yes, yeah. but eh, I can keep going on. But the, yeah, man, it, it's it's tough. It's tough right now.
0: I'll just say this: I think that Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are as important to this team on the defensive end as Zach and DeMar are on the offensive end, 100%. And it's not just an individual skill, and, and Nippy says it here. right? It's not just a skill, but Caruso is the quarterback of their defense, 100%. He is the architect of their defense. And he not only is he, as you mentioned, one of, if not the best point of attack defender in the game today, but he also raises the level of every other player on the floor because of his intensity and his communication. And so when you're out there and that's what Billy has talked about, he says, Hey, you know, Caruso and Lonzo, you know, aren't, aren't the reason we're not boxing out or aren't, but, and he's right. But Lonzo and Caruso raise the level of awareness and they communicate so well that people are in the right positions more often. They're, they're hustling harder. Like those plays, those electric plays on the, on like those outlets that we get or blocks or, you know, blocking a guy from behind as they're as they're trying to get a floater like that stuff energizes a team and and anyone who's played basketball knows this right you have those guys they raise your level like if you have a guy on your team that you know is going to pass the ball and find mm-hmm. you on the break you're running the break harder because yeah. you know they're going to find you for for an open layup and on the defensive end if you if you know you can trust the guy at the point of attack you can be more aggressive you can you can play tougher you can hustle harder like it's just It's a cascading effect throughout their entire team, and it's not just defensively. Offensively, both both Caruso and Lonzo have an incredible uh, talent for finding uh, finding the right pass at the right time, and they're pinpoint passers. They're so smart. And as you mentioned, the rebounding, the positioning, they're so fundamentally solid on that end, uh, on on rebounding, on positioning, on defensive help, and on directing other guys to where they should be. Yeah. so, as I said, you know we we go from a bottom ten defense to a top five defense when those two guys are on the floor versus off. <laughs> that's a huge, huge thing. That's like Derek Rose' MVP year. his offense, you know the Bull's offense with him on the court was number one in the league by like a long shot. And when he was off the court, it was worse than the league by a long shot. Yeah. like that's how that's how important they are to, to this team defensively. And on offense, they just they 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 grease the wheels on so many different things, so I just yeah, and I think Nippy makes a good point here. Zach Zach's Zach has definitely been different, and I, I don't think it's just the the knee injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen a wow Zach game for I don't know several weeks at least. I, I can't remember the last time that, I, that Zach had a game. Where he just blew me away, and he's he's had he had several in the beginning of the season, and he had tons of them last season. Um, but I I do think that having those guys on the floor makes you know makes uh, Zach's job easier. And Demar, for heaven's sake, like Demar just broke Wilt Chamberlain's record um, for you know most consecutive games with thirty five points and over fifty percent efficiency, which is insane for the type of shots that Demar takes. But. DeMar has way too much on his plate. So the yeah. fact that he's had a couple of rough shooting nights, like he's gonna regress to the mean. He's shouldering way too much right now. And I know v- Vooch and Zach have, have done, you know, Vooch has been a lot more consistent on the on the offensive end. But this is a team that doesn't rely so much on their star players. They rely really on their team as a whole. The pieces yeah. fit together so well. Like you don't have a Kevin Durant, you don't have and Mark Kay mentioned this you don't have a superstar on the team that kind of just makes everything work like a Joel Embiid or, or, you know, a James Harden. We have three all-stars, the three all-star caliber players on the offensive end in Zach, DeMar and Vooch, but they really need the tandem of, of Lonzo and Caruso on the other end to really make that team work and run and be the type of team we need to be. So I'm also going on a rant here, but I, I really think that I am also tired of the excuse But the excuse hasn't changed. Like the excuse is still valid. Mm -hmm. I just think that the Bulls should, you know, need to find ways to win regardless, and they haven't, which is disappointing. But they're absolutely a different team uh, with those two guys on on the floor, and you know, I can't wait till they're back. It's it's been a really long
1: six to eight weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Me, like, if I had the job that Billy has, or yeah, yeah, he has um i think there is there needs to be a balance of player freedom and structure and what i mean by that is is like a, a lot of the times in the games you could see it like it's just flowy you know players doing you know just you know maybe they have an action here and they just you know go in and get a mismatch and they go crazy but i think there needs to be in my opinion, when the game is tight, when you last night in the Bucks game, the game is tight. I would love to see. I understand Demar Rosen. People you know, are saying MVP caliber player, which he is. Um, but like, I think even if you go to you know Jokic, um, Embiid, you know uh, Giannis, right? Giannis is definitely an MVP caliber player. But if Chris Middleton has it going. Chris Middleton is going to get the ball. Right. If, if, uh, uh, Drew Holiday has it going, Drew Holiday is going to get the ball. Right. So it's not, I think some people get it twisted where it's like, you know, he's the MVP, so he needs to have the ball. But in my opinion, when the game slows down, I think they have a chip that they they don't tap into a lot enough. And I think if you have the lead, if you can get that ball, slow the game down, I want to see in these games, get the ball to in to post more. Right. Take some pressure off of Zach and DeMar to have to create on the perimeter so damn much. Take some pressure off of them. Hit Vooch in the post and let's play off of him. Let's get some Laker cuts, some split cuts. Zach is one of the best cutters in the game. Why can't we use his other abilities? Yes, he's he's a pretty damn good shot maker, tough shot maker. But like, why does he have to depend on that? Why? Why? Why can't we can throw the ball down there? Split cut baseline. Laker cut across his face. Maybe you can dump it to him for an easy layup. Or how about let's you you, you want to try something? All right, hey Demar, man, how do you feel about cutting? You want to try that? Or is, is that part of your game? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know if the, if he told Billy like yo I don't cut, brother. So you know <laughs> I don't know I, I don't know. But like that that'd be something I'd say. Hey Demar, let's let's dump it in there. How about you you know backdoor cut, maybe a forty five cut or something, man. Let's let's see it. You can finish at the rim. You can go get it. Let's let's see what you can do. Like, I think they just depend on Zach and DeMar so much, man. And especially when you play against Miami. We saw it, man. Watching that game, they switched everything. It didn't matter. There was no way you can get an advantage. There was, you know, they even with Bam, you, you scream with Vooch. Oh, okay. Bam, go ahead. You got it. And it's like, okay, all right. Now they're telling us everything perimeter-based, any screen action. We're switching it. So there ain't no advantage because it's not like you're going to get, I don't know, Matt Thomas on a switch. You, you, what, you're going to get Bam. You're going to get Jimmy. You're going to get Lowry. You're gonna, Like you're not getting any advantage, you know, PJ yes. Tucker. Like, so it's like, how about, okay, so that's how you want to play. All right, let's run a, uh, a let's run a, a cross screen. Let's get Vucha touching the post. If you can attack it, attack it, but let's start cutting and moving them off ball. How about let's, Make, give them some 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 reason to have to communicate a bit more, because if you're not going to cut and you're just going to stand on the perimeter, that's easy to guard. You're just going to react yep. to the pass. But if you cut off a of Vooch, hey, you know, guys, got, are we switching that? or we when he does that cut? Are we, what are we? Let's and I think they need to use Vooch more. I understand he's really good passer from the elbow. He's a connector from side to side. But when the game slows down, you maybe got a lead. It's tight game. How about we dump the ball into the post? And let's play it from there. Let's play inside out. They hedge down, we can kick it back out. Now you can got a guy who can tack in a close, attack a closeout. But it's just like, you know, it's screen pop. Okay, we'll live with, you know, let's give let's see if Vooch will knock it down. No, let's we we've seen it and I love Vooch. Chris, you know I love Vooch. But I even I understand, even I've gotten to a point where like, man, I I I want him to have that three ball back. But if he's not falling right now, let's push him to another spot that he's really good at. And yes, you know, shout out Marquette and a couple other guys. Oh, he he doesn't score that that well in the post. It's not about the scoring. Correct. It's about giving a different look, and he's a good post passer. So let's use it. If you're not going to use it, you're also not you're you're, you're hurting the team. So I, I don't know. That's just where I'm at right now.
0: Well, and you make a good point with with Vooch. It's it's not about it's not about him scoring in the post. It's about him because. With Lawns and Crusoe out, he's probably our best passer. And you you talk about off ball movement, but if if you got guys doing off ball movement and Zach and Mar are the ones with the ball in their hands, they're not they're not they're proficient passers, but they're not finding those passes. They're not going to find those cuts. And if you have Zach as as the person without the ball cutting, who's finding him? If it's not Vooch, it's nobody. Like there, no one's going to find them for those types of for those those types of cuts. Or those outlets, that's why Lonzo and Cruz were so important to that. And so Vooch is, I think, your best option as a hub of the offense in general. And you know, they're they're if you if you're just running pick and pop, you're removing, you know, the, you're removing the advantage that you would create uh, by 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 moving him in, into the post or having him right. be a short roll passer, or just you know he and as we've seen, his consistency has has improved. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's taking shots closer to the basket. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, it's not like he can't take those 18 footers or he can't take those threes. Yeah. But it's easier to get going and get in a rhythm when you have easier shots. And he's not a guy who's a lob threat. He's not going to dunk and he doesn't draw free throws. So your best chance with him to get going is having those little shots around the basket and you know, being able to make those passes, uh, you know, from the short roll or, or or around the basket on either side. So um yeah.
1: Can I I'm gonna answer Celine really quick. So yeah. no, um, I totally get the he's not stuff, and and by God, I'm not telling you, I'm not saying, hey, everybody else turn it to a screener and Zach, you just turn into Rip Hamilton, Reggie Miller, and Steph all in one. No, 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 no. I'm saying, okay, Zach's off ball let's run them off a stagger screen. Let's run a, yeah, like you said, a floppy, right? Double floppy, single floppy. When when the ball's on the opposite side of the corner, I'm sorry, opposite side of the floor, how, how about your 45 cut, right? And, and the cut may not be open, but damn sure the guy that's coming behind the cut will be open. So it's it's not about, you know, like stuff, right? He brought up stuff. It's not, I'm not saying like, oh man, the art of, of like, almost like, and the way i teach it with my kids is like it's very hard to teach so i'm not saying like you know i start from young age and they're going to turn to stuff no i'm saying in terms of like learning how to use a screen like i i'll put three guys inside the paint and one guy's a screener the other two guys one guy's a tagger the other guy is trying to use the screen to you know get away from the from the tag. the guy that's a tagger and from there you learn like okay you know i can use you know i can you just learn instinctually how to get away from the guy that's can, that's trying to tag you by using the screen Right, so I'm not saying that's what you want Zach to do. Um, I'm saying let's use him in some some different things. Doesn't have to just run around, have him run around in the maze. But you don't need to be stuffed in order to come off a split screen. You don't. You don't need to be stuffed. You know, to be stuffed to come off a floppy. You don't need to be stuffed to do 45 cuts. You don't need to be stuffed to do blade cuts. You don't need. To, you don't need to be stuffed to do any of this stuff. We haven't seen Zach come off a blade cut since last season, and it's like. Let me slow down. I'm not gonna do that. But like, <laughs> I, I love I love Billy. But I'm just saying, there's more things you can do with a guy with Zach's skill set. The just having him be a guy that just stands in a corner or wing when he doesn't have the ball. I'm sorry, it's he's not just he's not someone that's just a good shooter. He's a guy that has really good athleticism, and even at 70 to 80 percent, he's faster than a lot of guys. Yeah, I just we just saw last night him go through Giannis's chest and finish through a layup. So. I mean, I'm just saying, man, there's different things you can do. Um, and I, I would just like to see Zach used differently. That's all. Just a, bit, a tad bit differently. That's all.
0: I agree. I agree. I mean, Zach is someone who, at his best, is not the guy creating offense for himself, even though he can. He is an elite, elite finisher at the basket, an elite athlete, and an elite shooter from the perimeter. He can do all those things at an elite level. He's not an elite playmaker. He's a good playmaker. And when he has to, he can, you know, he can get a bucket. But if you want to maximize Zach Levine, you you have to get him off ball as much as possible. You have to get him in those cuts, in that motion offense, to take advantage of of his athleticism because that's where he that's where he creates or maintains those advantages against the defensive players. And and this is why the Miami Heat are the team that I'm most afraid of in the, in a playoff setting. And it's not because I think they're the best team in the East, but I think that, the, that they specifically match up so well with our best offensive players, right? Bam, Jimmy and Lowry are very, very good defensive players, very smart, very positionally sound. And as you saw, they weren't doing soft switching. I know they, they, he'd have done a ton of switching this year and a lot of soft switching, but you, you saw the game plan. They weren't doing that, and they were. They were basically saying, "You know, we're not going to let you mismatch hunt like you've been doing." And the Bucks did the same thing, right? They kept Drew Holiday on on Demar down the stretch, and made him shoot. Yeah. And, and usually, Demar's pretty good for it, but it's it's just tough. It's just tough when you're in that situation, and um. You know that's that's why it's important for for Billy to be creative and and here and the other reason I, I don't want to face the heat is because Eric Spolstra is probably the best coach in the NBA, yeah. um, and he's really really good at just about everything, including in-game adjustments and creativity yeah. uh, on that end. And Billy, I think, is a really good coach. I mean, there aren't many bad coaches in the NBA anymore. He's a really good coach. Yeah. Uh, he's he's the right coach for this team. But if it's if it's him versus Spolstra, I'm giving Spolstra the edge every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, as as far as far as the advantage that he can give you as a coach. And, you know, I think I think Billy um we need to find a way to get you in his ear <laughs> because there's all these things that I think that he could be doing. So I I think um, you know, Skokes mentioned here like how much blame how much blame or or criticism can we attribute to uh, to Billy Donovan's adjustment and scheme uh, and mentions kind of that lack of offensive flow. So do you think, you know, kind of in that vein, do you, do you think that Billy deserves some of the blame, a lot of the blame, or do you think a lot of it's just kind of out of his control in general?
1: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> how can I, how can I wear this? So <laughs> I I think he does deserve some blame, but as a player, you love it. You love what he is as a coach because again, like shout out Jay Jordan guilty um he's like he, you know he he doesn't say anything he just allows his guys to play hero ball but like when you're a hooper when you high school you know college like you love that when a coach is like I trust you guys yeah we're gonna we have our same actions we're gonna do but outside of that if you feel like you got an open shot take it you feel like you can take a guy one-on-one do it I want you guys to play confident but that that's where I say I want more structure right for instance, maybe at the beginning of the game, the way that they're playing a pick and roll. Demar's the guy. Demar, they're playing drop. They they're deep dropping. Go to work. Get to your spots. Okay? Second quarter, maybe they start playing a little bit more at the level. Okay. All right. Maybe they start coming up a little bit higher. Let's let's try to get that ball to Vooch and have him play out the short roll. Right? Let's make them pay for doing that. Okay? Maybe they adjust again. All right. And now maybe and they're just playing like more of a level and uh, I'm sorry, aggressive drop. They're at the level and they drop really quick and that guy in the weak side is coming over to help. All right, well, hey, DeMar, now they made that other adjustment. Let's hit that skip over there. If you got it open, fine. If you don't, how about you attack that closeout? Let's make plays. And I feel like at a game, like I said, like you may play the the Heat one game, and then the next game, it's a totally different story. Maybe maybe uh, Spoh saw something that we could have exploited last game, but he wants to make sure that we don't exploit it this game. So he, he does something else. So I feel like, yes. It's easy to say uh, Billy D's scheme and stuff like that is is should be criticized. He should have some criticism, which I do think he sh- he should. But at the same time, if these guys are going to come out and say, you know, I love playing for Billy. He's a player's coach. Well, okay. How about how about you go out there and you do the right things? How about Zach Levine, right? How about instead of taking tough fadeaway jump shots, how about you pull the ball back out? Tell Vooch, come give me another screen. Come off. Okay, let me get a better shot or get a shot for my teammate. I feel like Zach settles too much. I feel like Zach is is kind of reverting back to some of his old ways defensively. Um, and something that stood out to me was Billy saying that we need, we need to be bat, we're we're not a battle tested team. And the one thing that that sticks out to me when he says that is when you watch the game, just watch Zach. If a ball's on the ground, is he diving for it? And again, I don't want to sound like that guy, you know, but I'm saying like the extra effort plays is he giving the extra effort plays is he boxing out right and i just don't think i see enough of that like when you when you're battle tested you do any damn thing it takes to win it, you know what i'm saying like we see we used to see joe noah get on the ground for loose balls we to, I, I see Giannis get on the ground for loose balls i see a bunch of stars around the league that want to win get on the ground for loose balls or boxing out or you know taking charges you know, like the the extra effort stuff. That's the stuff that I think that Billy is like saying, but like doesn't want to come right out and say it because obviously those are your guys and you don't want to throw them under the bus. But at some point, I think that's where that's also Chris and a couple of you guys have brought it up in the in the in the chat. Is that where that's where you miss Caruso because Caruso leads by example and also is a vocal leader. Caruso is going to get on the ground and that stuff is infectious. When you see a guy do that, you start doing it right? You you don't want to be the only guy that's not doing it, but like, that's where you miss Caruso, those intangible things that Caruso brings, Um, because it's one thing to talk on the bench, right? And, but like, I've all, I remember growing up in games where you got those guys, that your boys, man, they're your boys, right? You mean a battle test the game, they come over, hey man, you gotta, you gotta do this. And they're doing that. And you're in a, in a competitive state, man, shut the hell up, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to like, you ain't in the game with us right now. <laughs> like, you know, like, so, and I'm not saying that's the way they're thinking, but I'm saying like. I could see some guys being like Crusoe, man. Just get healthy, and then we can, you know, get so getting Crusoe back on the floor, doing these things that 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 are gonna be infectious. Um, it's gonna be huge, man. And so, I just again, I went on a tangent, but like I'm just there's just um, there's things I watch this team. They're right there offensively. They're right there defensively. We already know what we're missing. We know what we're missing. I don't care what anybody says outside the market. I don't care what anybody says that watches this team and says, "Oh, we got to win these games without Car- no Caruso and Lonzo is our our, our cure. That, that that's our cure. We have a cure. They're 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 just getting trying to get healthy. Offensively, we're right there. We're right there. It's just we need to be a little bit more efficient on some of these late game uh, uh, half court possessions. We need we can't. Demar, I love you, brother. I do. But let's try to see if we can get a better shot sometimes than shooting over two guys. Like I, 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 I love Demar, but like there's sometimes. How about we just move the ball and let's let's see if we can get something else, you know? And that's just where I'm at. Um, and again, like I said, I can go on a, a, for a long tangent because I'm there's a lot that's festered up in me.
0: Well, you should because this is your last opportunity for the foreseeable future to even talk about the Chicago Bulls <laughs> in any public <laughs> setting. <laughs> Man. So. Fire away, brother! Fire away, uh, because you know I know you're gonna be itching. You're you, what, what's gonna happen is Lara's gonna be in my DMs <laughs> and, my, and texting me saying, "Hey, Chris, you should you should really say this. You should say that. Make sure you say this about that because I can't say it, but I need you to say it." Sis Hoops, if you're listening, that's not gonna—he's never gonna do that. Definitely not gonna do that. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's true. It's the team is good right and this is this is a championship caliber team i truly believe that the level of talent is a is a championship caliber team um but it needs all the pieces right we yeah. don't have a top 5 guy we don't have a Giannis. you know we don't have a kd and you know is playing like a top 10 player this season like he's mm-hmm. he's an mvp candidate but he doesn't have i mean he's I don't know. It's just, I don't know what's different about it. I can't explain it very well, but this, this team relies on the team. They rely on each other and they're going to need all of them. They're going to need all of them. And And, uh, I'm excited to get Pat back too. And we could talk about Pat in a second, but yeah, go for
1: it. Just real quick, look, Chris, and you brought up a great point where you're like, the team relies on the team. And that's not a bad thing, you know, and, nope. and that that's what teams are supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to rely. Like Everybody has a role, right? And and you're supposed to rely on those role players. And if your role players aren't there, then guys are being overextended, which leads to, you know, mishaps down the road. So it's I'm just saying, brother, I'm right there with you. Lock and step.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I really I really do think it, it kind of sucks for, for Patrick Williams. It's kind of a lost season for him. And I really think in this type of environment, I think he really would have thrived. I think he would have, I think we would have seen growth from him. Like we've seen growth from Iowa And, you know, hopefully he comes back, he gets some games under his belt, can kind of get his rhythm going again and be a contributor in the playoffs. I would love to see that. I would love to see it, but you know, he's going to have yet another off season of work to do. And, you know, if he can come back and stay healthy through the preseason and training camp, the man still has not had a training camp um, in, in years. He hasn't had one since he came to the NBA, which is just which is, which is wild. So if he can stay healthy, he's got all the tools. I know you and I are probably the biggest Pat <laughs> Believers in, you know, uh, among all the Bulls media members, if you want to call him that. So he's going to be really important, though. Whether whether he's really good or not, if he's just the Pat he is now, I think he can add something to this team. Yeah. You know, what do you think? What do you think Pat can add this season, assuming he comes back in the next couple of weeks? Here.
1: So okay, like you said, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna let you ride. Like, this like you, like you, like you said, man, it's my last <laughs> one, so I'm gonna get it out. But okay, so with the Pat thing, yeah, he's. I I kind of want him. I hope Billy doesn't just throw him into the starting lineup. I would like him to kind of ease back in, hopefully. He comes back with enough time uh, to have a couple games few games under his belt get back into the floor things um <clears throat> but for me pat before he was injured if you just the 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 Knicks game the Knicks game where i almost you know booked a flight out to new york to, to meet up with mitch rob um, <laughs> no but um like uh like you could see it he start he was starting to understand oh okay so I, I can attack a closeout. I'm going to get a swing, swing because when I play with guys like Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, Vucevic, they're going to get an get attention. I'm going to get the ball. You know, you start to understand. Okay, if, if Demar has the ball or Vuce has the ball, if I'm open, I'm probably going to get the ball. So I'm going, you know, like you start noticing these things. You start to to get comfortable with your new role. And I thought on the play that he got injured on, caught the ball, he ripped, went baseline, was about to go put it on Mitch Rob's head, right, with that aggression that people wanted from Pat. He was showing it on that play, and then we got clothesline out the air. But anyway, so um it's like one of the things that I think is working for Pat or 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 is working in his favor, I should say, is when you are on the bench or you're watching film, that goes a long way as well. Right? You you can see stuff from a different lens, right? You you can take a step back and see. OK, when coach calls angle, right, you, you'll see him in a game going angle, angle, angle. Um, mm-hmm. so that just means that they're going to set a, a, a pick and roll like on the wing. Um, but anyway, so uh, the, you know, OK, when they call angle, I'm going to be right there. So let me watch Levant, Javante and see how he kind of reads certain things. Right. And then mm-hmm. and then Billy already said they're feeding him film. He's they're giving him film just so he can continue to feel like he's involved. Uh, in the team oriented thing. So he's been watching film and that's one yeah. of the things as well. Like it's one thing to play. It's one thing to play, but being able to see different coverages, being able to to understand what, you know, because I'm sure with the film to say, okay, when we call, um, I don't know, horns flip, right? When we call horns flip, this is, uh, here's a clip of what you it should look like. Okay, boom, boom, boom. There's like five, six clips of that. And then he'll give him five or six clips of, this is what it shouldn't look like. Right. On this play, Javante on the bad. He's two feet in too close. Right. in this in the NBA, we need as much room as we can. So let's make sure our feet is here. All right. When we drive baseline, we should either shake up or we should shake down. Right. Just being able to see these things. And now he's already been practicing and or being in the gym and, you know, handling the ball, shooting the ball. So I I just feel like it's probably. you know, it, it, to to be honest with you, him being able to see some of this film and, and see how teams are playing this offense and seeing guys in his role, like right, so he, he it's probably going to help him. But again, it's going to have to get the basketball um, um, conditioning because there's nothing like can't just sit on a treadmill, can't just run on a track. Like basketball shape is basketball shape. So
0: there's no basketball peloton.
1: Exactly, exactly. So you just
0: got to play, man. Yeah. Just so gotta play.
1: I I just I'm a little bit more optimistic, and I understand. Like you look at the numbers. Uh, you know um and rebounding numbers and things like that you just you know you're like oh is he gonna help us rebound but coming I mean, he's gonna get better he's young you know so it, it's it's i'm just ready to see it and um, yeah. and i'm not like like you said you know don't expect 20 and 10 or 15 and five 15 and six or you know don't expect don't don't come in there with numbers you know just how about you come in there look at how he looks is he comfortable is he taking his open shots is he being confident with his drives? Is he traveling mm-hmm. when he catches the ball? Like, take Pay attention to those things because if he comes in and he's doing the right things, maybe the shot isn't falling, but if he's doing the right things, that lets me know, okay, all right, he, he's where he needs to be. Now he just needs to make his shots. That's all it is.
0: I think so. I think you're right. And uh, it, it reminds me of when we had Chip Jones on the show and we talked about – we broke down some film of his summer league and early in the season of him starting to put those pieces together and really showcasing his passing ability, his short roll, you know, his effectiveness in the short roll, his cutting, his rebounding—like he's he's going to be a special player. Whether or not he's a superstar, whether or not he's an all-star, right. he's going to be a special player. His his skill set and size and, and physicality is so unique in the league, and he is such a perfect fit for what this team needs on both ends. Um, so you know, I I have high hopes that he will whatever his potential is, he will reach it. Yeah. And especially in this environment, uh, that's my, my biggest concern was that he missed that environment this year. But as you mentioned, he's still probably gleaning a whole lot. It's just, you just can't translate it onto the floor yet. So hopefully he'll have some games to get into game shape. If he's got, you know, if he comes back in the next two weeks or so, and he can get, you know, the rest of March and early and the first week of April to kind of get back and get his wind under, uh, under his belt. I think he can be a contributing factor this year, and I think next year for sure he's going to be such an important piece for us, uh, yeah. especially with Derek Jones, you know, supposedly leaving. Like we're probably going to have to to ship out uh, Derek Jones and and Troy Brown and, you know, kind of some of those small forward, power forward sized guys on our team. So he's yeah. going to be super important next year. I think we got Javante for another year, don't we? I think we signed him for a two year deal. So.
1: I think so.
0: Shout out AK man, Javante <laughs> Green. I love that guy. He's been so yeah. Good.
1: I, one of the things I always remember when I think about Pat and playing small ball five and you're, I think you're, you know where I'm going with this is I remember when we first one of the first times we saw him play for small ball five was in was in the preseason against the Grizzlies and yeah. how he boxed out Stephen Adams like even Adams like 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 a what? <laughs> and he wasn't even 21 yet or, or 20 yet or I can't remember where he was at that at that He's time but 19.
0: That's a he, famous Laro line he,
1: like dude like when he boxed out, I mean like. I when, people that know have watched that have watched Stephen Adams his whole career, or just seen a couple games. That dude is strong. Okay, we're talking about a guy that could probably oh pick up gosh. TV. Uh, Troy Brown, he I'm did. Sorry, Tony well, like, like, he did like, pick him up. He's strong, man. Like it, Pat has already got the strength to compete in the trenches, and and so I, I I'm I'm I, I can't wait to see what that looks like. You know, um, to be
0: honest, Laro, when 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 Billy did that, I was like. Really, Billy? This is the game that you want to try out. <laughs> Pat at the Five is against Aquaman, like like the Hulk. But he did he did you know he did fairly well for for what for all, the, all things considered. But that was yeah. I was like, come on, Billy,
1: really? <laughs> That's so, what we're doing. I did you see Jordan's uh, Jordan's comment?
0: Uh, once seems fully healthy. I, I mean, I agree. I agree with, with Jordan here. I think we have some of the best depth in the league. Multiple solid players at each position who've all faced a lot of adversity. I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I think I think even our, you know, more fringe guys, like Troy Brown and Tyler Cook, and um, even, like, when Alphonso McKinney was here, like, these guys really, really put it on the floor and, and try to compete. Uh, Matt Thomas, you know, like, they're not guys that you want to give 30 minutes to a night for sure. Uh, unless Tyler cooks garden then give them all the minutes, but, <laughs> but they've really stepped up. They really stepped up and, and I'm, I'm glad Troy's shooting a little bit better recently. Oh um, yeah. Cause he's had a tough stretch. He had a tough stretch and he's got, he's, he's become, you know, kind of the, the scapegoat for, <laughs> cause Bulls Twitter just can't, just can't leave well enough alone. But, um, He's, you know, the, the, I think the the depth. If you just look at the the rotation guys in the playoffs, though, if you have our starting our current starting five with Javonte Green as the four, and then off the bench you have Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Ilo Desunmu, Patrick Williams, and Tristan Thompson. Those are your backup five players. You in the, so in there you've got like in there you've got a top ten rookie. Who's who's not just a good rookie? He's a good NBA player. Yeah, um, you've got an All NBA defensive guard, and you've got Kobe White. Who, I mean, he's he's been really impressive this year. I'm so impressed yeah. with Kobe White this year on both ends of the floor. And I know that he can get hot or cold. Like you know, within like the first two shots, if Kobe's going to have one of those nights, <laughs> you know, like he starts two two for two or three for three, you're like, all right, here we yeah. go, Kobe, twenty plus yeah. point game. But his, what he's done on the defensive end this year has been um, really impressive, especially his his attempts at rim protection. Just been really <laughs> impressive. To me. Yeah. Even if he's you know, even if he doesn't have the size for it, his position has been so much better. So I, I agree with Jordan. I think he's we've got some really good depth, and I didn't even mention Derek Jones. Um, so and I should have because Derek Jones has been great for us this year too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, um. And I gotta ask you this, man, because I don't think I'll be able to ask you this later. Um we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but again, I, I just it just popped in my head. So this season, right? Kobe, Kobe's on team option or player option next year.
0: Kobe is um team option, I believe. I think team she option? they already picked it up, in fact. Okay. So he's eligible for a rookie extension, I believe. Um, or he'll become a restricted free agent at the end of next season.
1: So if Kobe continues to shoot the way he's shot the ball, do you because teams are gonna that's a weapon, man. Kobe yeah. shooting like that, that's a weapon. Would you dangle him in the in the offseason and try to bring, you know, I don't know, wing some more wing depth or something like that?
0: That's tough because I think if you were going to do that, this year would have been the year to do it. Okay, um, because he has a year left on his contract, and, and the team acquiring him can kind of see, kind of get get a year of very, very cheap, like a very cheap tryout. Mm-hmm. You no, know? yeah. Um, if you were to try to trade him at the end of the, you know, like let's say in the off season uh, or, or at the trade deadline, I guess the off season would probably be fine, but um, it depends on what's out there. Yeah, but I I really thought if I really thought they might have done it at at this trade deadline if they're going to do it. Yeah, Kobe's been really important for this team. I don't know if he's got, I don't know what his future with this team is, but the the shooting is so valuable, and we don't really have that's true a a whole ton of shooting. And I know it's better when Lonzo's out there. Like Lonzo's been phenomenal. Like, yeah, I, I think when we use the term three and D all the time. Yeah. I can't think of a player in the NBA this year that has done three and D specifically <laughs> at a higher level than Lonzo Ball. Like he's all defense on the defensive end. All three. And and like he's one of the best three point shooters in the league. Like he is and shooting at a very high clip. He has been a phenomenal three and D player. And that's not even including all the stuff that he's done um as a ball handler, as a distributor, yeah. um, just everything that he's as a rebounder of the break like he's just been a phenomenal player this year and i'm so so happy we got him thank you pelicans once again <laughs> thank they're you they're feeling pelicans.
1: good right now man the pelicans are looking pretty nice after the cj trade
0: you know who isn't looking so good <laughs> the lakers oh and you know that that's fine with me that's fine with me
1: i know right lebron just put up 56 56 tonight or something like that something like it. that Get a win. So, you know, I don't think LeBron can be dependent on to do that too many other times, though.
0: Yeah, he's going to need a two-week vacation after that. (laughs) That that poor man. I'm not going to say that poor man, but that team is struggling, and LeBron's having a phenomenal individual season, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's it's not doing anything, which goes Mm -hmm. to show that it's really hard, even for one of the best players of all time, it's really hard to just carry a team all the time carry them especially with with, uh, the state of the east and west this year so um i i've gone into a tangent where i don't even know where i am any am anymore uh so (laughs) please please take this from me please take this from me
1: yeah so uh (laughs) you're hilarious no so um with this bulls team right i think people have been talking about uh legium just dropped 56 to carry that bum team he assembled. <laughs> <Luis>. <laughs> oh man.
0: That's a great comment. <laughs> I gotta favorite this comment. That's um, beautiful.
1: Uh yeah. Le- so, legium. So <laughs> I, I think we talked, I think uh Steph Noah, we in the chat had talked about it. It's like how are we feeling about seeding, right? Are we are are we oh, okay yeah. with not being a number one seed? Right or a top two seed because of who you could possibly play if you're a 3-4? How are you feeling about that? That's
0: I've gone back and forth on this. Here's the problem with being not the first or second seed, is the first and second seed are likely going to be um, the Heat and the Sixers, Mm -hmm. who are the two teams that I fear the most in the East right now, Mm -hmm. because I just don't think we have any answer whatsoever for Joel Joel? and Mead. There's just nothing you can do about him. Now, James Harden, I'm not as worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Sixers have had the Bulls number all year long. Healthy or unhealthy, didn't matter. Yeah. Same with the Heat. And the Heat specifically do have the players to really, really defend us well. And they have a coach. They have a coaching advantage and they have an advantage on the defensive end. And the Bulls have not been as good at guarding the three-point line uh, and Miami has done a phenomenal job with their with their shooting and their movement. Oh, so I just, the, the, those two teams worry me. Yeah. Um, and so if you are not the first or second seed, that means you're going to play one of those two teams in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. If you're the third seed or the fourth seed, you're, you're going to play them in the second round. Um, or if the fifth or sixth and you beat the third or fourth seeded team. So the other option is, all right, if we drop to three and we play six, that sixth slot could be the celtics or it could be the cavaliers that may be the spot you want to be in um for a first round series right i think the Cavs or the celtics given the other the other um opponents that that might be there which is the bucks right the bucks are kind of the other team yeah. i would rather face the celtics although they've been very very good yeah um or the cavaliers the cavaliers would probably be the ideal match up there if you get the one seed or the two seed that's better because then you get, you know, you get one of Toronto or Atlanta or (laughs) maybe, maybe a healthy nets team, but also that's the problem is you also may get a lurking nets team. That's going to be, you know, seventh or eighth. Um, But you could get Charlotte or Toronto and both are good teams and Toronto, especially and the Hawks. But I have a lot of faith that we could, Beat those three, you know, those three teams in in that first round, and then, and then, if you're the first seed, then you then the Sixers and the Heat are playing each other in the second round. Yeah, and you're playing, and you're playing the winner of Cavs Celtics, or or Bucks Celtics, you know, something like that. Yep. Uh, as the one four, so if you want to get if you want to get as far as possible in the Eastern Conference, you got to get the one seed. I really think you do
1: um yeah i i think so i totally agree with you um if if, these damn the heat just don't stop losing they're just not gonna stop all right um so for me i think you ought to be in a top two we gotta we gotta try to stay in the 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 fight for the two spot at least for me but The I was a little worried about the Nets, but after finding out that the the back of Ben Simmons is actually a little bit more serious than they thought, um, that kind of lessens the blow. But again, KD, you just never know. But it, it still, I, I think being able to stay away from a Ben Simmons team that, that that having a guy like Ben Simmons that could just guard anyone on the floor, uh uh <laughs> that that's nice, you don't have to worry about. Um i am also worried about the hawks uh I, I look people that listen to this pod my guy celine chris you guys know i despise the atlanta hawks like they, i just don't like that team uh mostly because of their fans but you know we face them without we we've been facing them without john collins and i think When John Collins, like if you go and you look at some of the stats of John Collins, uh, I'm sorry, Trey Young and John Collins pick and rolls, and Trey Young and and Capella pick and roll, um, that's tough. And then being able to see, uh, uh, Trey Young against the Raptors, against rangy six eight six seven six six long arm gritty defenders, and him just be able to just you know what I don't need a screen and just absolutely dominate you know, and get buckets. They have 41 and 11 assists against the Raptors. And a lot of that game, if you go back and watch, like he was pissed off because of the Bulls game when, when I.O. locked him up and then you could just tell he just want, he had something on his chest that he needed to get off. And he, there were times in the game Capella's coming, he's wiping. No, I don't need that. And just absolutely one-on-one attacking anybody that was in front of him and we already know the type of passer he is. So in a in a playoff setting, the Atlanta Hawks are a little bit scary for me because you need a point guard like Trey Young that can absolutely get into the paint, break teams down. Bogdanovich is playing better. You get John Collins back. You already know what Capella can do as a roller. I, I, I you know, I'm a, that team in a in a playoff setting. Is a little bit scary for me, and I kind of would like to stay away from them as well. But you know, with Caruso, if Caruso and Lonzo are back, I guess I'm 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 not as worried. But I mean, Trey Young is tough, man. That dude, he's tough.
0: There's just not a lot of great options this year. (laughs) No, there, there. I mean, because if if the if the if the Nets are healthy and the Nets and the Hawks are both in a, in a play in tournament. I think those two come out of the play-in. Yeah. Out of, out of those two uh, with Toronto, the Toronto Raptors and uh, the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, yeah. if your first round opponent is the Nets or the Hawks, that's, that sucks, man. <laughs> like <laughs> that really sucks. So, I mean, it, it, and, and, you know, as Salim, um, as Salim mentioned, you know, he kind of thinks the first seed's out of reach at this point. He may be right. We've got a tough schedule the rest of the year. We don't know for sure when, when our guys are coming back. So it could absolutely be the case that first seed's out of reach. Um, at that point, then, I would say, man, you got to avoid the Sixers. You got to avoid the Sixers. Salim says this too 0 10 versus Embiid. Embiid has never lost to the Bulls. Harden looks motivated again. <laughs> Hey, he no. got traded. He looks motivated. Uh yeah, Matisse Tybel. I've never seen anyone defend Zach Levine like Matisse Teibel does. Like for some Matisse Tybel is Zach Levine's kryptonite.
1: Yeah.
0: And sorry, Zach, if you hear if you actually hear me say that. Please prove me wrong. I would love to be wrong about this. But every time that Tybel has guarded Zach Levine, he's just done a phenomenal job on him. He's he's limited him in a lot of ways. You can't stop Zach Levine, but he's done uh, as good a job as I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And for you know, and you got guys like freaking freaking corkmaz um <laughs> that just decides to just go off against the Bulls. Jordan's knee. Yes. So I just don't I don't want to see the Sixers. So if I had to pick between the Sixers and the Heat, yeah. I might pick the Heat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Man. <laughs> yeah no. Which is
0: terrible. I would face I would rather face the Bucks. Me to too. To be honest. Me too. I would pick the Bucks out of those three. I think the Bucks are not as good as as, um, as people make them out to be. I, I just think they've beaten us. Yes, we're owned to against them, but I, I just I just have a lot more faith uh, in us beating the Bucks. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I just don't think they've been as impressive this year. And Brook Lopez, I know he's supposed to come back soon, but he may not be the same guy. And and if they don't yeah. have Brook Lopez, I think we can beat him. So I would like to face none of those teams. I would like to, those three teams to face each other as much as possible, which is why having the 1 seed would have been so nice because you probably would have only faced one of those three and the other two face each other. But now we're in a position where you know, if we can snag 3, that means the, you know, the Heat will play the Bucks in round 2, 1 oh, versus, yes. versus 4, and we'll play the Sixers. Um yeah, there's just no there's no good way around it. If we're the one seed, <laughs> if we if you if you get the one seed, you play the Nets or the Hawks in the first round and then you play the Bucks probably in the second round. Yeah. Uh or you know, or if the Cavs or the Celtics somehow knock out one of those other guys. So, it's tough, man. The East is going to be a bloodbath. So, I want to get your prediction because you're not allowed to talk about this forever. <laughs> I want to get your prediction on where you think the Bulls will end up in seeding and how far you think they're going to make it in the playoffs
1: if they make the playoffs. So, all right, I'm looking at the seeding right now as we speak. So, for, yeah, I think Salim's right. Three and a half out of first. I mean, you never know, but still, as at the moment, it seems like it's out of reach. I'm going to say... That we're going to get Crusoe back and that's going to give us a boost and we are going to fight for that third seed uh i can see the bulls getting that third seed let me take a look so milwaukee uh they have phoenix uh today they have okay then they have okc then they have atlanta then they have golden state then they have utah um then they have Minnesota, then we play them again. That could be a huge game march twenty second That could yeah. be a huge game. I hope
0: um, lawns and Cruz are both back for that one and Pat,
1: yeah, um so I think we get I think we have a shot at the um at the third seed. If I had to predict my money, if I had to put money down, wait So, oh, wow, so we play. The Bucks on the twenty second, and then we play them on the on the fifth of April. So we play them twice, play them two more times. But they actually have a a tough schedule to close out. Uh, two games against us, then they have Boston, and then they have Cleveland to end the to end their season on the tenth. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say we end up with the third seed uh, because I do believe that adding uh Caruso back. Even if you just add Caruso back. Let's say Lonzo takes a little bit longer just to make sure. Just adding Caruso back is just just huge in terms of defensive the defensive side of the ball. Um and so I'll go third seed and I'll say whew, Man, these easy playoffs are just <laughs> like my goodness, man. This is a gauntlet. Um my goodness. OK, so if we get the third seed. First round. Oh, huh, gosh.
0: it's okay. not good.
1: I'll say, I'll, <laughs> it's not good. I'll say we'll go second round. And we'll take the uh, who, who would that be? OK, why am I blanking on this? So, listen, seed.
0: it's either going to be Cleveland or or the okay. or or Boston in that 5 and 6 spot I think Okay.
1: Okay. So, if we get both those teams are tough though. I know. Um I think if we get Boston I like our chances because I think we have a deeper bench. I think we're a deeper team. Um So, Boston, I would. Yeah, no bench. Yeah. Um you, you got and they're bringing Derek White off the bench or if if I'm not mistaken. Um I don't remember I if they so. still have Marcus Smart starting. Um I think do. So, I'll say I'll say second round, pushing a team um, to six or seven games. And uh, I'll say second round. But here's the deal. I think people need to remember where we were at at the beginning of this season. Before this season started, we were going to be okay if they just got, you got to the playoffs, you know, got out of the first round. That's That was progress. Progress. Because we knew – that, hey, this is all about making sure that Zach knows that we're about winning and we want you here. We don't want you anywhere else. Zach Levine, we want you to keep that house you got here, build, add on to it, right, and understand that you're going to be here and we're going to do whatever it takes to let you know that. And I think we got away from it just because, like, you know, um, things change. You know, you start winning more and more and more, and then you're like, wait, hold on. We look like a team that can compete. And so I think we need to remember that um, and uh, I'll say second round. And if they, if they make it out of the second round, I love it. But if we don't make it out of the second round and it's not a, you know, not a sweep or we just don't win one game, let's say we go six games and we go or, or six or seven. I'm, that's a successful season to me Um, because you get put playoff, uh, playoff experience for Zach Levine. You get playoffs of experience for Kobe white, you get playoff experience for Pat Williams Everybody that, that's on this team that hasn't been battle tested, been been through the playoffs, all that stuff matters, right? You taste it, you're gonna want more, right? And AK and, and, and Mark Eversley, they're going to add. I don't think I don't think that this is gonna be it. I think not, not like a big move, but I think that they're gonna continue to try to add pretty, you know, good role players around the margins and things like that, just to solidify it. Uh, but second round exit, I guess. That that's gonna be my prediction, and I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, but that—that's what I'll say.
0: I think I agree with you. Um, oh, by the way, Luis had a question about uh, why you can't won't be able to say anything. But uh, so Laro's job is as a as basketball analyst um, to avoid the appearance of bias. Uh, not able to talk about specific players and and team schemes because have to kind of analyze the league as a whole. So I don't know if, if you wanted any further explanation on that, but that's kind of why. So Larry's got to get all of his bull stuff in for the foreseeable future now <laughs> because, yeah, he won't be able to give his, his opinions publicly. You still text him if you want, I guess, or DM him, but <laughs> that's about it. So Right, right, right. Um, nothing public, but um, I'm trying to think if, if you could be the four seed and play Boston five and then – the heat in the second round or you could be the third seed and play the cleveland cavaliers in the first round and the sixers in the second round which would you pick i hate both of those options by the way you got you got yeah you got cleveland and philly or boston and heat oh my god
1: why out of all years is this the year we're gonna have to? Parody? I
0: know, man. Out of
1: all years, you're gonna have parody. All right, so um, okay, let me think. Cleveland. I'm gonna pick Cleveland right off the bat. Uh, and the reason why I'll pick Cleveland, and it's gonna be simple, is that the lot this whole team it will be new for them, and so um it, and then you got Darius Garland who's dealing with certain things right now. So who knows if he'll be 100 percent healthy into the the season? Karis Levert, he's played well, but he's a very inefficient scorer. Uh, we, we when we played against Cleveland, we abused Jared Allen when he was switched on to Demar or Zach. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, I'm just, I guess, I guess Cleveland to me, out of all three of those teams, I would pick.
0: I think I agree with you. Um, I think they give us the best the best chance of getting out of the first round. Yeah. Boston, I don't have as much confidence in uh, beating. I think we can, but I'm not sure we even be favored in that series. Yeah, uh, fully healthy. So, I do think that our bench is a, a significant advantage. But I mean, they've been doing real well. So, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, but facing the Sixers in the second, I mean, it's, it's Sixers the Heat. Who do you yeah. want to play? And I think, let's be honest, Doc Rivers um, is a highly Is is a good coach, but he is not in the same tier as uh, as Eric Spolstra. Yeah, I don't care what the top fifteen of all time coaches voting whatever
1: says.
0: (laughs) Doc Rivers does not belong in that conversation. He's a good coach, but
1: Mm -hmm.
0: his his record outshines his actual talent. I think in that area. So the problem is it's Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. It's you know. (sighs) It's just that's that's the tough part. So. But I think I, I think I would take my chances against them versus the Heat because I think the Heat just match up so well with us on defense. Yeah. And I think they've just got better. I've said this three times now, but I, I really think I would pick the Sixers uh over the Heat in that scenario. In that scenario. Yeah. If if I if I got to face Cleveland in the first round and then Sixers or Boston and Miami, I would pick
1: I also uh, think- Cleveland. Thinking of it as okay, putting on my coach, my 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 coaching lens, right? So a coaching hat, I should say. Um, it's like no disrespect to DeMar DeRozan. But I think when we play teams, we're gonna have to think about who can DeMar DeRozan guard. Okay, who who can we put DeMar DeRozan on? And it's getting to a point where we gotta start thinking about that with Zach more as well now, too, because man, but anyway, I think you can I think you could put DeMar DeRozan on lowry and just be like dude he ain't he ain't driving the ball okay he, when he catch it he's gonna shoot it just stay connected and just worry about lowry all right and then if they're gonna have lowry playing a three guarding damar i mean i i'm just saying like there there's some things that can be done um but i think that's something you got to think about uh you know as a coach like okay knowing your player's strengths and weaknesses who can DeMar, De, DeMar guard? Because as well as DeMar, I should say, as much effort as DeMar has has given this year on the defensive end, it's still not enough to really be uh, excited about in a playoff setting where yeah. teams have time to look at film and, you know, and just really dissect the team. So, yeah, Cleveland, hands down for me.
0: Uh, Jordan's got a good question here. Speaking of DeMar, do we think do we think DeMar still plays this well next year or is this year an outlier? Um because uh, Jordan says he thinks we can make that Phoenix Suns like jump, make a few marginal moves and just get more reps together. I think I agree. I mean, now DeMar's had a phenomenal season. But what he's doing as far as his percentages and things, I don't think is like a serious outlier. Um I think he's in the right context. for for him to be for his skill set to be maximized he's doing a lot less passing this year he's he's been relied on more as a scorer than a passer like he was in in san antonio but i think he his performance has been you know pretty on par he's just scoring he's just had more of a scoring load this year and so the numbers look better but he was shooting really well uh, in san antonio like he he's been a really good shooter so it's it's you know it is a little higher this year yeah, but I don't think it's unsustainably higher. So that's just my opinion. but um I think with another year under our under his, under our belts, I think Demar can have a similar performance next year or have a similar kind of role on the team next year and hopefully have to take on a little bit less of a scoring load. So his not his individual numbers may go down, but I think his I think he can have the same level of impact on the team. I don't yeah. know except for maybe, I don't know how many game winners he's gonna hit, have to hit next year, but uh, hopefully he'll have to hit less than he's had to hit this year. But um, yeah, I I I have more faith in. And Celine kind of said it here: like Demar's game is predicated on his fundamentals and not so much his athleticism. Yeah. Like if if it were Zach Levine having this at age thirty two, I'd be like, you know, Zach Levine relies on his athleticism, so I'd expect that to you know decline yeah. rapidly in his thirties. But Demar, I'd, I don't think. I don't think we'll see that kind of drop off in the same way.
1: I, uh, you know, and and, uh, Jordan brings up a good point in terms of, like, you know, the Phoenix jump. And uh, I think that, to me, is still in play for this season because I think if Zach can – and I think, every you know, if you're being real, like, Zach Levine is in that, like, Donovan Mitchell – uh uh Devin Booker like he's in he's that level right now yeah and if Zach can do the things that Devin was doing last season in the playoffs I think it's still in the cards I think I think if Zach Levine can be that that 50 40 90 guy or just under um giving you 25 plus a night um I think it's still in the cards but um it just got to be fully healthy I think I think you got to go in there fully healthy. You got to have Lonzo, you got to have Caruso just so, you know, you don't have, you know, you know, like the other night, Zach had to guard a, you know the ball handler a lot and that takes a little bit away from your efforts on the other end, you know? So, if he's able to kind of, you know, not have that much of a defensive uh assignment because now you got Lonzo and you got Caruso who can kind of switch with each other and and make sure they're on the point of attack. Um you know, that, that's needed. But I think that's still in the cards for this season, because I think when as we all know, we watch a lot of playoff basketball. Any, anything can happen, man. Like you don't know what injuries are going to happen. You don't know. Excuse me, God forbid. Um, but you don't you don't know what's going to happen. Um, So let's see it.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I think we may have exhausted. Our, our topics as far as what we see from the Bulls this season and. and you know, predictions and things so I wanted to I wanted to kind of wrap wrap the show up in talking about you and your experience here and just what you've learned what you've taken from it and you know anything you want to say kind of as you know as your final as your like any final thoughts on on either the Bulls or uh, or you or or, the, or this position that you've that you've been blessed with um I know it's a lot. I'm just putting was, it all I, on the
1: plate here. I, I was just, just about to answer Jordan uh, Guilty's question, but um, go for it. Go for it. No, you, I, I you can th- answer his question. I think I think he's right. I think it is Booker. I, his question was, a Lero, and Chris. Uh, speaking of Booker, who do you guys think plays smarter, Zach or Devin Booker? I personally think it's Booker because he swings the ball much quicker and the ball sticks less with him. Um, and I I think I agree. Um, I also think if you look at You know, since the uh, since Chris Paul has gone down, you've been able to see Booker handle the ball more and pick and roll and be more of that point guard ball handler ish uh, esque player. And he's done really well. Um, I think, Zach, you see flashes like last night when Kobe gets on the ball, swings to the Zach. Zach instantly is that connector. He doesn't even come down on his feet. He moves it really quick and gets uh, so we can get a layup on the other end. You see it from Zach. You see it sometimes where he he plays, he moves that ball, he makes the right decision. But I think sometimes Zach is fighting with I'm the guy, and shoot, maybe I should move the ball. Right. And and I think Zach is still fighting through that right now. Like and so, yes, I agree. I think it's Devin Booker. I, I just think uh what he went through in the playoffs last season. And the years, actually the years before they got Chris Paul, where he was actually getting those ball handler reps, I think that stuff, that stuff basically helped him to the point where he is now. Um, So, um, yeah, that's that. But as for, man, this podcast, man, has really, it's been great for me in terms of like self-confidence because i was someone that uh you can definitely say had imposter syndrome um you know no matter what i did when no matter what i wrote no matter what i you know in terms of like a clip i may have broke down on twitter i'm always thinking like damn did i did i say the right thing or does that people gonna like that like like i always said you know before i got the podcast i've always been this guy like i've always been somebody that watches film i've always been somebody that like loved the little you know, different types of cut screens, things like that. But I always used to say before I knew about Twitter, before I really was on Twitter, it was like, I mean, you know, nobody cares about that. Then I got a Twitter and then I started looking, I, I stumbled upon draft Twitter, I stumbled upon NBA Twitter, and I see guys posting clips of like, you know, you know, different sets. And I'm like this whole time I could have been on Twitter talking about sets and my philosophy on different things and writing and I could have been doing this. Um, so honestly, this podcast, man, it, it has been, you know, working with you and, and you know, learning how to articulate my thoughts better with being with you. Right. When I first started out this pod, like I wasn't very good and still need work on. I wasn't very good at articulating my thoughts um and being able to work with you in terms of like how you are able, again how you're able to really get your thoughts out in uh, a very um well put together fashion like that stuff helped me um it helped me uh being in front of you know a camera you know uh and being able to to get those jitters out when we first started like I had jitters you know uh you know is it my turn to talk? Oh shoot. Like, uh, uh, am I speaking the right way? I don't know. Hopefully people like what I'm saying. I, I hope I'm not speaking out of my butt. Like I just saying, you know, saying what I see. Um, so yeah, man, like this pot has been everything for me in terms of confidence and uh, in terms of like getting my knowledge out there and seeing if people are like, this dude's an idiot, doesn't know what he's talking about or like, damn, damn, that's, that's pretty good. Laro. Like you should do more, you know, like, um I've always said
0: so, the second one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Just do um, more. <laughs> uh
1: and, and again, you know, man, I've always been the guy that's like I don't know if people are going to care, you know? I don't know if people want to hear me, you know, uh talk about it and uh you know, so again, man, this pod has been everything. Working with you has been the be- the best thing for me um because uh I needed someone to push me in terms of and not not asking you being like Larry, do it do it do it like being around you and seeing how you carry yourself how you write your articles how you talk about the game it pushes me it motivated me to be a better person in terms of uh, analyzing um the game and um it's just you know man dude this pod has been everything it gave me a brother you know what i mean it helped me become you know you know, uh, really good friends with you, so it's like this pod's been great, man. It's been great. Um, yeah.
0: Well, it's 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 been amazing for me too, and you know, it was at first it was just to try and find an outlet for talking about basketball at at hopefully a high level. Yeah. Um, just wanting to just wanting to talk. Re- hoops was someone who really really knew hoops and when you reached out to me and you said <laughs> yes you were you were so timid at the time you were so timid you're like like hey i know you're this like you know would there any be any chance that you you know kind of consider like you were just totally tiptoeing around it <laughs> and i was like if you know are you looking like you didn't, even, you didn't even say like you know would you be looking for a Like, would you be looking for me as a co-host? You didn't even say Mm -hmm. that. You just said, you know, if you were looking for a co-host, you just wondering if you were. And it's like, (laughs) if it's you, I responded, if it's you, then yes. Yeah. Like that was that was my answer because I knew, having having talked to you uh, over Discord, I just knew you knew ball and you knew ball at a high level. And (laughs) um, I'm I'm just so impressed that you know, within a year of doing that, that we've you know we've been able to do accomplish so much. And you know, not only uh, on basketball, but with with our friendship, with with our own personal growth, I think we've, we've both had a lot of growth this year. It's been really good for me, especially during this pandemic, to kind of put myself out there more and create this content. And I wish I could write more. I haven't been able to write as much as I wanted to because of all the stuff I got going on in my life. Uh, you know, as, as as most of you guys know, uh, this is not a career for me. This is a hobby. Uh, I have a full-time career, um, and I have a full-time family. And you know, I'm doing this late at night because that's the only time I, I get to do it. Uh, and I, I wish I had more time to put into this game because I, I think I would, and I think I would love it. But it's been so good for me to find this outlet because I've needed this outlet for my own sanity. And I think, I think we've been able to provide something for – for Bulls fans out there, a, a unique thing, a unique take on the Bulls that they haven't seen elsewhere. Yeah. And hopefully we've been able to teach something. Uh, hopefully we've been able to learn something. I know I've learned so, so much. I know you'll go off and talk about all these different cuts and the different names for plays and things <laughs> that I didn't used to recognize. And now I recognize a lot of them and most, you know, or most of them. And it, it also, you know, opened my eyes to how much there still is to learn about basketball is, I think most fans really consume basketball at such a surface level and being able to talk with you every week about basketball has really deepened my knowledge and understanding and appreciation of basketball. It's such a beautiful game and I'm able to appreciate it so much more because of our interactions. And I I think most people would agree with that, that they've been able to appreciate basketball at a higher level because of Bulls 101. So I think what we accomplished is a great success. And I'm so happy with the product that we put out there you know, it's not perfect. It's not the most polished, uh, you and I are not the most natural at this kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I think, I think we've gotten better at it, but I stumble all the time over my words I did today. Uh, I will I do next too. time, you know, but, yeah, but I think people can look past that and, and see the passion and, and the knowledge that we bring. And, and hopefully that's what we have brought. I, I, that's what I felt like we needed to bring. Um, I... so it's, it's been wonderful.
1: I think one of the other things, one of the biggest things for me that I I learned from doing this is I used to always be afraid to be wrong about something. Specifically, excuse me, about, you know, a player we should assign or, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe something Billy had did. You know, I I, I, I didn't want to be wrong, so I, I wouldn't say anything. You know but just through this through conversations on twitter i've learned that like you can be wrong but like if you have good reasoning you know your your thought process if you're sharing your your thought process of why you came to those conclusions like to me i guess that matters more because the person yeah you might have been wrong but the person can also say oh okay now i know what he meant by that I, i i knew okay he may be wrong but i i get what he was he was getting at you know so Um, man, dude, like, and, and thank everybody that listens and, um, and and the the people that come in here and comment, like we didn't like, dude, like Chris said it. We didn't think like, we didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We were just going to talk about sports, talk about the bulls and, um, see what happens. And the fact that like, we're getting people like, these are like amazing comments, man. Like really, they they really are. Um, you know, (laughs) it's crazy. Like it's crazy, man. Y'all have a black man on here blushing, man. Y'all, y'all gotta stop. Y'all gotta stop, man. Y'all gotta stop. Just, I, know, I guess. Know.
0: I guess I'm looking at these comments, man. I'm getting emotional. It's just, <laughs> um, what a great blessing. What yeah, a great man. blessing it's been. So, uh, I, 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 no, I don't. I haven't talked about my plans at all. Uh, I know we've talked about yours because it's it's a great opportunity. And you know, for me, it's. Um, It is bittersweet because I I will definitely miss our conversations together uh, in this forum. And, um, you know, I I don't have any, I don't have any current plans for more basketball stuff other than occasional writing, which I'll I'll try to do more frequently now that I have um, a little bit of time opened up, but um, you know, I'll, I'll be in, I'll be in the community like I love this team and I love the community. You guys are so great. You guys make basketball so much more enjoyable. I mean, this week has not been fun as far as a basketball perspective, um, but it's just so fun to interact with with you guys and and it's really brought me a lot of friendships and interactions that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So this is the Bulls have, have blessed me in so many ways. I, even if not always with wins, <laughs> it's it's yeah. brought a lot of wins to my life in, in a lot of ways. So um, I will definitely be around and, you know, uh, I'm, o- I'm open, I'm open to opportunities um, to be able to contribute more. So if anyone, you know, has opportunities that they think I would be uh, qualified for, I'm, I'm happy to hear it, but um, you know, I'm just happy to contribute, come on other people's podcasts, continue to, to try and break things down on, on Twitter and, um, I know you and I will still be talking all the time oh, yeah. privately yeah. privately um about the bulls but uh, yeah I'll, I'll miss this a lot so it's it's been a it's been a great ride man I just I' I'm not gonna get emotional about it I'm not <laughs> gonna do it there will be no crying on this podcast especially not with video not gonna happen um and thanks Aldo <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I would I would. I know, I know Salim's gonna try and get me on bull's gold so I, i'm i'm not i'm not fully leaving the barroom network not that i have any intention of leaving it just uh yeah I don't think i'll be doing this myself it's just not gonna be the same i, I know some people have asked if I would just do it by myself mm-hmm. um no for two reasons number one my face would appear much larger on the screen without a co-host <laughs> next to me and I can't have that kind of exposure <laughs> um but two it's just the dynamic that we've had is has just worked for me and it's it's brought out i think the best in both of us yeah. and i don't think i don't think i can replicate that by myself i just can't so you know maybe i will maybe i'll be able to find um a co-host or, or, or multiple co-hosts in the future that that can kind of have a um a unique vibe to it that'll be worth it um but it's not i i'm not doing it solo i just i don't have i don't i don't think i have um, that kind of, that kind of charisma in me to be able to do that. So that's, that's, that's it for that. But um, yeah, <laughs> I uh, trying to recruit me to bulls gold as a, <laughs> as a firm else, which, uh, It's under, uh, under advisement, but um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've recently started a new job and, and there's a lot going on right now. So I'll, I'll be taking a little bit of a hiatus as far as basketball content, but that would be um, dope, no. that would be, that. I don't, th- I don't know if the world could handle that kind of, <laughs> that kind of a trio. The silky hey, smooth tones, the big three of Ed and Salim, uh, mixed with my p- podcast only face. Uh, I, I think it'd be a, g- a good combination. It'd be a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely be guesting, uh, definitely be, be, be a guest on the show. So, um, Anyways, if there's anything else you want to hit before we go, I, I think we're about ready to sign off here for the final
1: time. Um, I mean, damn. No, man. I, I, <laughs> think, I think I don't <laughs> want to leave. I know, right? <laughs> but I don't uh, want to keep people for no reason. Everybody want to watch
0: a, a game together right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyone got some some Tristan Thompson film breakdown or something?
1: <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, man. But um, yeah, last thing I'll say is is like you know, once again, thank you, Aldo thank you barroom network thank you to everybody that listens um that has listened thank you to everybody that gets up late with us to have some late night bulls talk Um, (laughs) um i really appreciate that you know what i'm saying um and you all uh the listeners and the comments have helped me become a better um analyst because some of the questions you ask make me think differently um you know and make me have to like man that's a good question like i need to go back and watch and yeah. see why um but thank you thank you thank you that's what i have to say and let's let's not give up on these bulls you know um they're going through a little rough patch but it's a long season it's going to happen it's going to happen um so just stay locked in with this team we got a team that's going to be uh uh we, i should say we got a front office that are going to be aggressive and they're going to, to make the moves that need to be made. Um, so I'm not worried, man. Uh, just stay, just stay locked in with this team. There's, this is a good team. That's all I really have to say.
0: Yeah. It's a great team. It's been a great season despite all the ups and downs and it's been a great ride with you. And so I, I agree. Amen. Thank you for everything. Aldo, Barrow Dude. Network, Laro, Dude. all of our, all of our faithful uh, listeners, watchers, commenters, the commenting you're so right it's just it's added another element of interaction that's just been it's it's made it that much sweeter so um thank you guys so much we'll be signing off for last time uh for bulls 101 chris and laro we are out peace